This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Knows. Good morning. We are continuing with the Uddhav Gita. Now, we had come to the end of chapter 8. We have just three verses left to do. So, we are going to do those three verses for starting from verse number 40. This is Uddhav Gita, chapter 8, verse 40. All the eternal virtues such as sameness of vision, non-attachment, etc. wait on me, who is beyond attributes and absolute. The beloved friend, the self. Here Krishna is talking about, if you recollect, in the previous verse we were discussing about the goals. He is the supreme goal. How do you attain the supreme goal? We had explored it quite a bit. In summation, I can tell you that the goal, which is Sri Krishna himself, can be attained by means of three Ds. The first one is called dispassion. Second one is called detachment. And the third one is called discrimination. And dispassion means whatever that you are so much passionate about in this world, you have to do those things in a dispassionate manner. Simply speaking, if you have to become a very, very successful and a rich business person or you are a successful entrepreneur or an employee, who is earning a lot of money. Please remember, you should not have that kind of a passion which says, I have to do anything in this world to achieve this. Which means, you cannot use wrong methods. Passion teaches you that you can do whatever you feel like. This passion will tell you that it is not important to achieve the goal through unfair or any other dubious means. Money should not be the ultimate goal. Fame, fortune should not be the ultimate goal. If it comes naturally, it is okay. Then we come to detachment. Detachment is all about attachment to other human beings, people, places, things, you have to overcome this. If you have any attachment of any kind to any person, animal, bird, you are going to be trapped with them for a very long time. Not in this life alone but in all your other lives that you may be leading henceforth. I had given some examples. Let us say if I give you an example where you are attached to a person. Now this person may be a very bad person to you. That means he or she may be literally like a villain in your life. Okay? 
Now, this person is doing bad to you. Something wrong. Might have taken up your money or position or might have thrown you out on the streets, have robbed you, something. And if you are attached to this person and you keep on thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking about him, it could be a government official who might have taken a big bribe from you. And you keep on thinking about this. Or he might have put you in jail or might have instituted a case against you. Something might have happened. And both of you die in this life. Okay? The next life, maybe you may be born as an eagle or something like that. And that person might be a rat. You are going to hunt him down. Why would you want to meet this person again and again and again in every lifetime of yours? So, <laughs> attachment is the root cause of all these things. Just thinking about the person or dwelling on the subject is going to keep you in the loop with that person again and again and again. And then what happens to this rat? Huh? This rat will think, oh, this eagle is trying to eat me. In my next life, I will see to it that I become greater than this eagle. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. And never ending story. Why would anybody want to get involved with the same individual in every lifetime? It is not right. So attachments should not be there to anything. Attachments could be even hatred towards a person. It could be like or it could be I love this person a lot. Don't have that kind of an attachment. And the third one is called discrimination. Discrimination means seeing God in everything. The method of reaching Krishna is to see God in everything. We see God only in good people. This person is so nice. He does such a nice thing. He is always kind to me. And you keep on praising and usually, you know, keeping this person constantly in front of you and saying, oh my God, he's so good, he's so good. And then there are other people whom you think are the worst creatures on earth. Everything comes from this one. What makes you think that the bad person, so-called bad person, is not coming through this one entity? Here is an example which is going on right in front of your nose. The great coronavirus issue, COVID-19. Everybody is scared. Everybody is staying at home. There are, there are no food stuff available. There are no stuffs available outside. And you may say, oh my God, the whole thing has come to a standstill. Think what I said. Discriminate. When you discriminate, you will understand the truth, the real from the unreal. Why do you think this COVID virus is there? What is the good stuff that it has done? It has brought people together. 
people are staying indoors they have never stayed indoors you are connecting with others through internet some people are connecting by means of whatsapp some people, because you want to know how the other person is so you will send a message you will want to have a video call you will want to know how they are feeling so on and so forth so you are connecting with people you don't have to go and spend money outside on movies you can watch them in the confines of your home you will be watching netflix or prime or some such thing if you have to order some things you are not going to go out and waste your time money fuel and what not you see your car is not getting filled every few days now maybe after a month doesn't it tell you that you are saving on petrol or diesel or whatever if you want to attend classes you are doing it online i have already done a small video on that which you can see in that i have mentioned the advantages which has because of this confinement you are able to do so many things which you have not done if you have not written articles which you are supposed to write you have not written books just a few days ago a person came to me and i told him you have written a very beautiful best seller now what about the follow up book don't you think it is important you are wasting your life you have nothing to do this corona virus has created this kind of an atmosphere isn't it time to sit and think and write something yesterday the person wrote to me and said yes i have been writing now which is good it's a good progress i appreciate this kind of things but if you are just going to sit and not do anything it's not a good thing so discrimination very important word know that god is in everything so these are the things wait on me who is beyond attributes and absolute the beloved friend the self so all these things the three d's that i mentioned will help you reach me the self i am that ultimate goal that you wish to achieve so you will achieve that so we move to verse 41 and 42 the chapter 8 of the uddhav gita having their doubts thus removed by me the sages sanaka and the rest worship me with great devotion and sang my praises 42 being duly worshiped and praised by those great sages i returned to my abode before the very eyes of brahma remember this chapter started with the four sons of brahma asking their father who in turn said i don't know the answer so we will try to find out from the great god himself and sri krishna had come and had given him these people the four sons sanaka sanatan and on all the knowledge that was necessary so that they can achieve this ultimate goal now the chapter is over the sons have said thank you very much dear lord for telling us this very beautiful information and now they are going back to their places and krishna has gone back to his abode so 
So we have come to the end of this chapter. Uh, we are going to start a new chapter where Uddhava will ask further questions. We are doing chapter 9 of the Uddhav Gita from verse 1 onwards. Uddhava said, O Krishna, the teacher of Brahma speak of various means of attaining well-being. Are all of them equally important or only one is the foremost of them? Verse 2 says, Thou too has described the path of devotion to the Lord, which is independent of other means, by which the mind gets rid of attachment to everything merges in thee. Now Uddhava is asking a very beautiful question. He is asking Sri Krishna. He says, Dear Lord, can you tell me what is this various means of attaining you? How can I reach you? And you have described so many ways and means. Are all these ways and means equally important? Or, as per what you said, the path of devotion is the best in the world. So, according to what you have said, can you give us these other paths and also tell us whether devotion is the number one? You have recommended devotion. So, can you please tell us how to achieve this path? We are doing chapter 9, Uddhav Gita, verse 3 onwards. The Lord said, These words of mine, known as the Vedas, which have been destroyed by time at the dissolution of the universe, I first revealed to Brahma. In them is set forth that religion which inclines the mind to me. So, Sri Krishna is describing this and he says, at the beginning of time, when the universe was getting created, I had given the framework to Brahmaji. It was previously written, it was documented. Now, when I say written, don't think of a book or something like that. <laughs> it could have been imprinted, it could be just. Huh? an embedded thing like you have you know in your computers something which is embedded inside they call it hard coded <laughs> so let us think like that it was hard coded these vedas were hard coded all right and these are the framework but over time all this got eroded because there have been so many manvantras, so many yugas that have come and gone, come and gone. And because of that, all these writings or whatever that has been embedded has been lost to man. In that, Krishna says, I had set these religions which will put your mind towards me. Yes, I have mentioned this in those Vedas. 
Now all this was first told to Brahmaji. Remember that. Brahmaji is the creator of this world. So I had first told it to him. So now we are going to go slightly fast after this. Because it is going to give us an understanding of how this whole thing has been set. Yes, I am going to describe you certain things which you will understand from your perspective. So now let us say verse 4, Uddhav Gita. The last message of Sri Krishna, he says, chapter 9, verse 4, he declared it unto his eldest son Manu, from whom the seven patriarchs and sages, Brigo and the rest got it. Which means, first it was told to Brahmaji. Brahmaji told it to his first son called Manu. You remember the four sons that we discussed in the last chapter, them. And then the Sapta Rishis. There were seven Rishis. And then Bhrigu and the rest. And all the other sages and saints got this information. When we say saints, sages, do you know what we are talking about? We are talking about repository of knowledge. So I hope you do not consider some saint as some human being or something like that. The Saptarishis are not some average human beings. Okay, They are repository of knowledge. Knowledge of various kinds. Each of them is embedded with the knowledge. Like I said, hard-coded. Think like that. They are the repository of knowledge embedded within their system. Got it? So these are called sages and saints. So Krishna says, when I passed on the knowledge to Brahmaji, Brahmaji passed it on to his sons and the Saptarishis and so on and so forth. Verse 5 and 6 says, From those fathers it was passed on to their sons. The Devas, Asuras, Ghuyakas, Men, Siddhas, Gandharvas, Vidyadharas, Charnas, Kindevas, Kinnaras, Nagas, Rakshasas, Kimpurushas and the others. Various are their natures being the outcome of Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Here starts the beginning of how this gradation happened. Why everybody got certain characteristic in their life. We are talking about the various kinds. From the gods, the devas, they are called gods. By the way, when I say gods, do not misinterpret as the capital G or the big god. No, it's not Almighty God. We are talking about deities. Deities are written in small g-o-d-s. These gods, devas, they are average. They are something which is called differentiation that has happened. They have certain set of knowledge, certain set of powers. Okay? So they are called Devas. Asuras are reverse of that. They too have powers. 
but their powers are regressive, not progressive. Regressive means going in the opposite direction. Then we have Guhyakas, men, Siddhas, Gandharvas. I think we have discussed Siddhas before. Siddhas are special, special skill sets which everybody has. Magical Siddhas are powers. Those who are going towards spirituality, the first thing that they approach is called Siddhis. Siddhis are powers. They are connected to Siddhas. Siddhas are the bosses of these powers. Okay. You want to grow big, you want to grow tall, you want to grow handsome, you know, all those kind of things. Those are called Siddhis. You can attain the Siddhis. They are useless. Hmm? They are not good because they are not going to help you reach the God Himself. All these are small, small things. Gandharvas, Vidyadharas, Charnas, Kindevas, these are not human beings, by the way. They are half human. Half. They, there is a portion of humanness in them. But they are still not human. Now you will ask me, who are these guys? Well, you know them mostly as prodigies and all in this world. They are not human. But they have powers which are beyond your normal canon understanding. The painters. The artists. The dancers, the singers, the writers, who are they? They come from these realms. So there are dancers who can dance so beautifully and you say, you know, oh my God, this person is dancing just like the heaven, heavenly fairies and gods. You know, all this. Of course you are talking this stuff correctly, but you don't understand it. They come from that realm. From a different realm altogether. If there are architects and engineers over here, please understand they also have a realm. Yeah, they may be having their, <laughs> you know, own committees also. They will be somebody who is going to lead it. Yes, of course, they will have their unions also. <laughs> so think like that. They also have their special place. There are Rakshasas and Nagas, the snake people. Okay? When they come, <laughs> the snake people, you may think that snake people, they are having, like they show in the movies, you know, somebody transforms into a snake at night and all those, you know, full moon day and all that, that kind of nonsense, don't believe in all that. Okay? They have got some special money on them and all that. It's all crap. No. Human beings, they have that small thing in them which is called, they come from this domain called the Naga's domain. They will look like an ordinary human being also. Now you may say unicorns. Huh? You have heard about unicorns, isn't it? You think unicorns don't exist? But if a unicorn has taken a human form, it will exist as a human, isn't it? <laughs> so likewise, there are people from different, different realms who have come. Now Rakshasas. Do I have to explain Rakshasas to you? Some people who have the tendency of becoming devilish in nature. 
they are angry they are upset they will shout they will make noise they will do all kinds of things they say fire and brimstone a person is you know spouting spewing fire and brimstone where do you think they come from they come from this place of the rakshasas all right so don't think that these human beings are some human beings they are half rakshasas half hmm? then kimpurushas and the other various are their natures being the outcome of sattva rajas and tamas their natures are defined by the three gunas never forget the three gunas the three gunas are sattva rajas and tamas if devas are sattva rakshasas are tamas asuras are tamas got it so like this the differentiation has happened because of their nature like i said they have various natures and how did they come about this nature is what we are trying to discuss and understand we are doing uddhav gita chapter 9 verse 7 by which beings are differentiated as well as their minds and according to their nature their interpretation of the vedas is various krishna is saying over here that i have just described to you so many different kinds of creatures human beings people now how are they different they are different because they come and they get attached to different gunas sattva rajas and tamas i described to you that the devas could be sattva dasuras and the rakshasas could be tamas also now he says by their natures the beings are differentiated as well as their minds these beings are differentiated because of their nature they have a certain nature and their minds are exactly like their nature now what does it mean you can identify these people in your own life you might have seen a very meek character in your life a person who is quiet silent doesn't talk too much is absolutely peaceful and so on and so forth may be submissive in nature may be working like a servant has a nature which is completely subdued doesn't say a word i'm sure you have met these kind of people right then let us take another person this person is a go getter supposedly wants to achieve objectives wants to go here and there is always looking for doing something or the other always wanting to be i don't want to sit in one place i want to go here there there here there there as if the person has wings on their feet now such a kind of a person exists always active then we come to the third kind of a person 
this person is always depressive in nature is never able to see good in anything always looks at this world with narrow eyes and says oh this person is bad that person is bad this one is not good this one is not good and when given certain jobs they will never do it in time they will keep on procrastinating they will say oh i will do it next week and next month and next day then there is a person who will keep on sleeping and say nah, i am very tired i don't know what to do in this same category there are people who are mean to the core they will shout and frown and get angry and upset at every given juncture no no reasons are given they just get angry for no rhyme or reason and you really wonder what kind of idiots are these now there are so many kinds of people in your life don't you have them somebody is a shirker person doesn't want to work somebody is a sleeper person is always sleeping somebody who is always thinking and talking too much blah 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 somebody who is silent somebody who works 24 bar 7 somebody who doesn't want to work somebody who writes somebody who sings now how many types have we described somebody who says i want to be the leader i want to do this i want to do that but can never achieve and somebody who may not be wanting to be a leader but yet at least achieves his leadership position how many times have we discussed too many so all these are differentiated by their nature remember this everybody has a specific nature now imagine you are a dog in your last life and now you're carrying 50% of that data of the dog inside of you don't you think that that person is going to be exactly like that dog right some people are quiet and always running around here then they are like a mouse in their last life this life they will be mouse they are human beings of course but they are more like mouse scurrying around most of the time then you will find there are those who don't want to do anything and they just lie down and they grunt they are called pigs there are human beings who are pigs do you think these natures have not come with them that is what krishna is saying he says by which they according to their nature they are differentiated now let us think about the next word that he uses and their minds if a person who is always talking nonsense and bad about others his mind is completely gone his mind is full of all the bad stuff only what you spew from your mouth is what is going on in the mind remember that the nature is defining their mind also so if there is an angry person the mind is like that full of anger full of upset that has no control over anything a mouse the person who is quiet peaceful his mind doesn't talk you get what i'm saying 
Suppose there is a person who is active, 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 active. His mind is going. All the neurons are firing, firing so much. The mind is going haywire literally. There is a person who always wants to sleep. Well, his mind is also tamasic. The mind says, can I go to sleep? Can I go to sleep? I mean, just imagine the mind also talking to this person and saying, I don't want to do anything. Can I just take some rest? Don't you have people in your world who will keep on saying, I'm so tired. I want to go and take rest. You have not done anything in your life and yet you are tired? What are you talking about? Then there are those people who just want to be awake 24 bar 7. They are like, you know, during daytime they are human and in the night they are owls. Right? They are like owls. So this is their mind also. Their mind is also equally like that. So now, because of their nature and because of their mind which is controlled by their nature, what happens to them? They interpret my Vedas exactly in that way. The interpretation of the Vedas is exactly done like that. So, a peaceful and a kind person will interpret the Vedas as something, okay, everything is fine, everything is good, everything is nice. The birds are so pretty, the scene is so nice. This human being is behaving badly because he is poor fellow missing out on something in life. You get what I am saying? The interpretation of the laws is like that. They are very kind, com you know, compassionate and loving creatures. And they look at the world exactly like that. Their interpretation of the Vedas is like this. Now let us look at the angry person or the person who is always thinking negative in life. Now this person, what is his interpretation of the Vedas? He says, the whole world is bad. Everybody is worthless. Nobody is good. Nobody can come up to the standards. What standards? You yourself are not up to any standard. You are angry, upset and always talking nonsense. And you are thinking, what yardstick are you using by the way? The same Vedas which the person is using is misinterpreting the Vedas. He looks at the world exactly like his own way of thinking. The world is corrupt, he will say. Why? Because you are corrupt. Do you understand? It is not that the world is corrupt. The yardstick used by these people is very clearly their own. They have corrupted the yardstick. They have corrupted the Vedas and they interpret the Vedas as per what they, the kind of glasses that they wear. Their glasses have aberrations. So they see the whole world as an aberration. They think everybody is out to get them. You understand? This person is bad, that person is bad, this person is not good, that person is not good. If they meet one person who is corrupt, they will think that the whole world is corrupt. 
if they think that one person is misbehaving with them, that means the whole family is like that. Who has given them that interpretation? Can you see? What does the verse say? It is their own nature defined by the sattva, rajas and tamas gunas. It is their nature and their mind which is interpreting my Vedas wrongly. Their interpretation is completely wrong. Their interpretation is because of their silly and stupid nature. A good person thinks the world is good. A bad person thinks the world is bad. It is wrong. We'll move to verse 8 from chapter 9 of the Uddhav Gita. Thus, owing to the differences of their nature, people differ in their ideas, while some differ owing to instruction handed down to them through a succession of teachers and others even go against the Vedas. Now what happens? Because these people have the different natures of theirs, their ideas are completely different. If their set of teachers, who is the first set of teachers that you have? It's your own parents. Isn't it? Your own relatives. Your own friends who have molded the character of that person. So if you find a person who is always used to robbing or stealing stuff, please understand it has come because of the nature of that person and it has been handed down to that person through their families and friends. Those are their teachers. The teacher tells you what exactly you are supposed to do and not to do. Use your nature. If there is a liar, a person who keeps on saying lies, lies, lies and lies and lies. Please understand it is because of the nature. A tamagona person. A tamagona person will always keep on lying through the teeth. They will always be angry. They will always be upset. They will be lying. They will be doing all kinds of nonsensical stuff. On the other hand, there are people who are from the Sattva Guna. They will be wanting to do good service to mankind. They will be helping people. They will be trying to be good, kind, compassionate. When there is even these viruses and this and that, they will go out of the way to help the world. They will donate to charities. So on and so forth. Now all this is because of their grounding. Where they have learnt it. From their teachers. There are family of murderers. Way back in time. In 1976 to 78. There were number of murders connected. In you know happened in a state in Maharashtra. Which was called Parbhani. Now there is a village called Manwat over there. The entire family was involved in catching hold of people and killing them, robbing them and killing them. If you google Manwat murder cases, you will understand. Why is it that the whole family does that? 
Have you not heard of so many cults and families and groups which have done all kind of heinous activities? The leader of the family, who could be a father or a mother, has passed on this teaching to their children. The anger which stems from somebody has come because of their past, which is the truth. Krishna is saying to this, the differences are because of their interpretation of these same Vedas. It's a wrong interpretation. They are using the same stick for doing something wrong. It is like giving a knife in the hand of a person and saying, this is a knife. A Satvaguna person will look at the knife as a tool and will say, I will cut vegetables and I will do something nice about it. A Rajasik person will say, oh, fancy knife, I can sell it for a big profit. The Tamaguna person will say, I'll kill, I'll murder, I'll do this, I'll do that. The person talks this language and does exactly like this. It is because of their nature, their interpretation of the Vedas is wrong. And who has taught them this? Their own teachers, which is their family, their relatives, their friends, the companies that they are working in. You know, all these things are boiling down to that. A person becomes corrupt because they see their bosses doing corruption. Can you understand this? Corruption doesn't come just like that. If you see your boss and the boss's boss and everybody else corrupt, you will also do the same thing. Nature teaches you that. And they go against the Vedas. Everybody goes against the Vedas. We'll do one more verse and then we will stop. Verse 9, Dav Gita, chapter 9. O best of men, people deluded by my Maya describe various things as means to the highest good according to their occupation and taste. Exactly what it means. People have misinterpreted my rules my framework. Everybody has misinterpreted it and as per their nature, they are devising their own strategies. They think that what they are doing is right. If somebody is mean to them, they think that they have to do exactly like that. Whose rules are these? These are your misinterpretation of the Vedas. He says, they are deluded people. Someone who is deluded to the core will use the same laws and say, oh, this is what is written in that and I have to follow this. That's not right. The highest good, according to these people, the highest good is that. Now, in all this, what has happened? Whatever Krishna has taught has gone down the drain. Krishna has taught us beautiful things. Nobody wants to listen to Krishna. They think what they are doing is right because they have interpreted the laws in the way they want to because of their silly and stupid nature. That is not the way of Krishna. Krishna never teaches anybody to be mean and coarse and 
upset and angry with anybody. He has never done that. It is their misinterpretation. These people who are of lesser brains, lesser minds, have completely got deluded because of Maya and because of the three gunas. They come up with their set of laws which is against the Vedas. The Vedas are the primary framework. Please remember this. Anybody who goes against the Vedas has to suffer. Yesterday I wrote an update. I said God gave Adam and Eve the beautiful garden of Eden and I said enjoy this place. But don't eat from this tree. He made an exception. Say don't eat from this tree. And what did Adam and Eve do? They ate from that tree. And that is why they were banned from that garden of Eden. Was the instruction not clear? The instruction of God was absolutely clear. You can enjoy this whole place but don't eat from this tree. Human beings are told by Krishna, do this but don't do this. They think what they know is best. It is because of their nature. Human beings have their own nature. They misinterpret everything. And because of their nature, they fall down. And they get banished forever from the Garden of Eden. It is not a punishment. It is because of their silly nature that they got into trouble. Got it? Would you want a person like this in your life? You understand what I am saying? I don't think anybody would want a person like this who is not interpreting it correctly. So such a person is banished forever. And they have their own heavens like, as, like it was mentioned in the you know, previous verses. Which are those heavens? The Ghuyakas, the Aranyakas, the Kinnaras. Yes, they are sent back to their places. They do not have entry into the higher worlds. We are going to discuss about this tomorrow. When we open up, we will start from here and we will try to understand what are the different goals that are there. Alright, and how you can use your own body and mind to achieve that. That means overcoming your own nature first is very, very important. You cannot misinterpret the Vedas. You cannot misinterpret the laws of this universe. And you cannot think that what you say is right. No, what you say is wrong. And because of which you will have to suffer. You cannot misinterpret the Vedas and use your own set of laws and say this is right. Got it? Tomorrow we are going to discuss about this in detail. It's an important chapter. How to become a devotee of Krishna. Remember this. Why is devotion the highest goal? This whole thing is going to get discussed. So I'll see you all tomorrow. Take care of yourself. Don't go out. Okay. Because there is a lot of viruses out there. Yes. And take care of yourself. Be safe. Bye.